Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Dom Giordano on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome in, everyone. So we've all seen it's been a major topic uh, here. Uh, gone after my alma mater, LaSalle. Some of the stuff we've seen at Penn that was outrageous. Uh, the stuff that we've seen at Harvard and others, uh, not just the demonstrations, the signing off, even after seeing the savagery of Hamas, seeing people put on various communications the hang glider as a symbol of where they stand. Is it ideology? Is it entitlement? Well, Stella Morabito, who was with us before, uh, her book, The Weaponization of Loneliness... And we hear about loneliness as an epidemic all the time. Really struck a chord. She's a former intelligence analyst. Uh, The uh, weaponization of loneliness, how tyrants stoke our fear of isolation to silence, divide, and conquer. She wrote a piece at The Federalist uh, during the middle of all this and talked about maybe as much as or more than ideology Look at the process. In other words, the conditioning, the petty tyranny. I mean, on many college campuses, there's fear of your grade to start with, but there's just a a fear of being ostracized, of being canceled. Uh, At Cooper Union the other day with Jewish students, a fear of being attacked. Who's behind that? How are they doing that? I don't think there's any Mr. Big per se, but it's definitely happening. Uh, The Weaponization of Loneliness, author Stella Morabito, back with us in Philadelphia. Stella, thank you very much, of course, for the book, but also this week with a unique look at what we've seen on college campuses. Well, thank you so much, Don. It's great to be back here with you. Uh, Tell me, um, when you talk about the process, who are the processors? Is there intentionality? to come to this conclusion, or is it more they just uh, think this is kind of the right course of action? They feel good about the world. Their ideology is this, and they're conditioning these kids. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, my book, The Weaponization of Loneliness, I point out, or, you know, I try to get the readers to understand that the the processors, as you would say, or the, the, the tyrants, are really... Um, you know, a, a kind of a, a mashup of any kind of power-hungry, uh, you know, dictator, demagogue. It could just be a toxic boss. 
It could be um, anyone who takes advantage of the very natural human vulnerability, that extreme fear of being cast out, ostracized. And, uh, you know, they may be doing it intentionally or just instinctively, but it's, um, I believe that it drives so much human behavior because our need to be connected to others as well as our fear of being ostracized are very hardwired into us. And we need to pay a whole lot more attention to how that process works, that process of thought reform or whatever you want to call it, because uh, as we're seeing today on these college campuses, and of course we've seen with CEOs and so many other people of influence, that they just kind of allow these absolutely crazy ideas to take hold. Um, you know, it wasn't that long ago that mass killing was something we could all agree was a bad thing. We'd call it a crime against humanity, crimes against humanity. And today, to see these college students basically taking the side of, you know, the assassins, um, you know, that's not saying that there are people caught in the crossfire, Palestinians or whatever, but... Um, you know, when we're talking about uh, assassins, we're talking about, uh, you know, people who just, uh, you know, have, uh, you know, take, taken off with ma what we call mass killings uh, in the mm -hmm. past. Uh, it was, um, I mean, th this is a process. This is a process of conditioning uh, that, you know, the college campuses have, uh, you know, it's not so much ideology, whether it's transgender stuff or, you know, climate alarmism or whatever else. It's that fear of being cast out because you aren't on, like, so, you know, the right side of history or the right side of, you know, the, 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 the issue. And that's what we're seeing. Uh, Stella, when I first started in talk radio, several hosts, we would get this all the time and we tell people the reason why talk radio is a counterbalance. People hear this, they can call in, they hear people like you and they realize they're not alone. I mean, the media, if you just went with the rest of the, most of the rest of the media, they would have you believe that you are an extreme outlier if you have those thoughts. And you may not be connecting with people that think we just, I just did a trip. With about 60 people, uh, Stella, we went to Italy of listeners, and several of them, normal, everyday, successful business, they said one of the great things about this trip, they felt they could actually say whatever they were thinking and not feel that they were in an environment where they'd be cast out. Just what you're talking about. Oh, that's absolutely right, Dom. And, you know, when you look at some of these people, what, you know, the, the, the point is to shut us up so that everybody thinks that it's a fringe opinion, which may be a majority opinion. Like, if you look at these uh, kids on campus, you know, they, they're very invested in getting their credential. They're scared to death that they're not going to get their credential, their degree or whatever, if they're, you know, if they're seen as, uh, you know, being on the wrong side of the issue. But honestly, they don't really know what they believe. I mean, it's like polling. Polling only tells you what people say they believe, you know, whether mm -hmm. kids will say, I'm against, uh, you know, free speech is hate speech, or whether they say that, or socialism is a great thing. They say that. All that tells you is what people say. It doesn't really tell you what they really believe. And as you said, you know, you took that trip and you were able to express what you believed, and that's what the civil society is all about. If we can't talk openly to one another, 
We can't get to know one another. And that's exactly the way tyrants uh, like Mao Zedong and Stalin, and you go right down the line, that's what they wanted. They wanted you to feel all alone, and everybody uh, would disagree with anything that you might say that wouldn't be in line with the narrative. And, you know, that's how it works. And it's all, part, it's all a process. Uh, we need to pay attention to these methods, these tactics, these processes, this conditioning. Before we look at the ideology, like I said, they don't, they, I don't think they really even understand. Yeah, that's that a that great insight. The other insight Stella Morabito has that I like, too, uh, we're not saying everybody's a Hitler or Mao or whatever. Uh, some of these are kind of petty little bureaucratic tyranny. And at the college level, these people, well, mm-hmm. we, we even see it with uh, we've seen it with Disney and things like that. Some of these people infiltrated. They get into a particular position and then they drive an agenda. The others don't agree with it, but they go along with it because they figure, what the heck? You know, I don't want to either be fired, cast out, whatever. Yeah. And, and that's how it works. And it could be a relatively small number of people that are actually that dictatorial. But it doesn't take a whole lot on a college campus to do this. I can't even know how many colleges I would recommend where you could go and it wouldn't be that sort of feeling that you can't say certain everyday things that you and I would say. Uh, it's getting to be rarer and rarer. So what's the best way to combat this? Well, there are two things that we need to keep in mind. Number one, free speech is a use-it-or-lose-it proposition. And we absolutely, everybody has their own threshold. I mean, you know, some people have a more delicate situation than others. But there have to be leaders. There have to be people who are willing to speak up, and then others will follow. And just like you said on that trip, you know, you know, have this sense of, you know, how refreshing. And then when you know that, you know, somebody else can, you know, feels as you do and you know you're not alone, you can have a real conversation, you've got to, we have absolutely got to start that. We have to start building these parallel, what they call parallel policies, parallel institutions, just, you know, little um, nuggets of communities where uh, we can, you know, speak openly to one another and then that ripples outward. Number two, we absolutely have to protect and guard our personal relationships because, Dom, we didn't even get into this, but I wrote a three-part series uh, a little while back about the Surgeon General's um, he has this advisory out about, uh, you know, the health issue, the epidemic of loneliness, and how the government's going to try to solve our problem of loneliness. But in a nutshell, what I gathered by reading that 81-page um, advisory is it's really a blueprint for, the, for basically the infiltration of uh, private life and regulation of private relationships. So that's, that's really bad news. And we need to guard those relationships because that is what allows us to have that sense that we are not alone and we can fall back on our relationships with family, with friends, with God, to build the inner strength we need to resist all of this stuff. Now, how did this happen, though, that Hillary Clinton lifted the very title of your book, The Weaponization <laughs> of Loneliness? Hillary wrote an Atlantic piece with the same exact title. What the heck is going on there? Oh, I know. I saw that. I couldn't believe it. 
Yeah, it was The Weaponization of Loneliness by Hillary Rodham Clinton. I've never seen my uh, title used except in relation to my book until Hillary Clinton picked it up <laughs> in that Atlantic uh, monthly piece or Atlantic piece, which was really to, to push for that advisory I was telling you about. But the whole thing read like an enemies list where she was using that title to flip, um, you know, my thesis – uh, and basically say it's all the right-wingers who are causing our loneliness epidemic, you know. And she starts naming her enemies, Newt Gingrich, Rush, Rush Limbaugh, Steve Bannon. You know, she goes off using all these terms dozens of times, and that's all it was. Uh, and I think that it's it was meant to uh, put uh, another, you know, just, just use the uh, – uh, put a left-wing spin – on that title, and uh, it, it's, it was unbelievable, but well, there you have it. Yeah, well, it's a great book, and I'm so glad that you continued the thread of it with what's going on in college campuses. It's unique. I, I think you're right. Uh, you know, some of this polling is very suspect. Some of the activities to actually know how far they go with this, but there are, I do think there are, more than I ever could have imagined of activists there pushing this that do believe, you know, the, the evidence would be taking, just ripping down those um, posters of the hostages that were held, children, et cetera. It's become a sport to do that. But the numbers mm-hmm. that show up at these protests and or sign off, they may be doing it to have kind of credibility with what they have to deal with day to day rather than actually believe it. Uh, yeah, no, it, it's uh, hopefully this will taper off a little bit as, uh, you know, as there's more pushback. But there absolutely has to be pushback. And like you said, um, it really doesn't take many to infiltrate an institution. I mean, you can get on like one local board and uh, change the whole. I mean, some people who are really determined can just be like one member of a board, and and uh, before you know it, you know, they, they use these tactics, and mm-hmm. uh, and things change. Uh, you know, I think that we've had too many decades of uh, obedience to political correctness, and so we're kind of like, uh, today is the wake-up call. Exactly. Well, the book lays it all out, how to combat it, exactly what's going on here, the weaponization of loneliness, Stella Morabito. Is there a website, Stella, to go to? Well, right now, uh, net. that's my personal blog. It's not real up-to-date at the moment, but th- there's that. And you can go to uh, com slash author slash Morabito one word, and you can find all of my writing uh, for The Federalist. And then, um, you know, my book is available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, but it's only online right now. So... Uh, that's mostly where people go. Just put in the weaponization of loneliness, Stella Morabito. Don't put in Hillary. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, yeah, great great having you again, Stella. Great insight, too. Thank you. I'm sure this is going to come up again and again. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me, Dom. The weaponization of loneliness, Stella Morabito, and how it applies to what we've seen play out on college campuses here. All right, we'll get your reaction to that. The side question today Saw this on Twitter, essentially, had to pull it. A character, a fictional character, we're mainly dealing with movies, TV. When they died, the character, it was something you remember. Maybe you even cried. Maybe you were sad, but at least you remember it. 
I took off, of course, Henry Blake. I took off Omar. Hit us with yours. But first, it's that time for It's Dobbs Money Melody. Alright, a $50, big $50 Metro Diner gift card today to give away. $50 Metro Diner gift card. And uh, Dan, what do you have? Not related to the side question, not related to cover songs today, surprisingly. Dom, I am honoring an individual and honoring an all-time great musician. Today is 10 years since we lost him. A 10-year anniversary of the death, Dom. And I'm just going to play a clip of one of his lesser famous songs. I'm just curious if uh, anybody would happen to know who this singer is. Uh, Take a listen. We want to know who it is singing. Very distinct voice, Dom. It might be a competition of speed today rather than knowledge. Take a listen. I was speaking to Bill, who was given to pills and small racing cars. So I'm giving him. Yeah. Yeah. It's not much here. No? Yes. You want more? Yeah, a little bit more. Here we go. Let's uh, let's take a listen. I was speaking to Phil, who was given to pills and small racing cars. He had given them up since his last crack up had carried him too far. All right, so hit us with that. Get that answer. We have a $50 gift card ready to go here for you. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's Don Money Melody. Where's all the money gone? Show me the money. All right, let's hear the clue again, and let's see if we can get a winner. I was speaking to Phil, who was given to pills and small racing cars. He had given them up since his last crack up had carried him too far. All right, and that's for a $50 Metro Diner gift card. Pete, who is that? Yo, Pete. Yes, hello. Yeah, Pete, who is that? I want to say Lou Reed. Uh, it sounds very Lou Reedish. Yes. 
All right, pizza winner, $50 Metro gift card. Dan, any final comments? Hey, I just wanted that? to honor the guy. He's somewhat underrated. I mean, if you talk to people in music circles, they all respect Lou Reed. His songwriting is beautiful. His voice is a little underwhelming, but right. it, the distinct nature, I think, separates him, similar to like a Bob Dylan type. Uh, but today, Dom, 10 years since we lost a great man, Lou Reed. He's uh, gone wow. now. But, uh, I didn't know that was 10 years. Were yeah. you a fan of Velvet Underground or Lou at any point? No, I'm not a fan, but I agree with you. Unique, the songwriting ability, and uh, I like your analogy to Dylan. Bob Dylan is still performing. Yeah, that's crazy. That's amazing. Okay, um, let's. Uh, we got a couple callers still uh, lined up here at eight five five eight three nine twelve ten. So we spent some time today talking about Mike Johnson. We spent. Uh, what am I saying, Mike Johnson? We talked about the new speaker. And this uh, interview with Hannity in which he talked about the first issue that's really going to be thorny, and that is Ukraine. And we still haven't found today, I guess they didn't put it out yet, but we're working on it, these 12 questions he talked about that would have to be answered to continue funding and or more funding. I just think um, this has changed from the beginning. With what we saw with Ukraine, some of it's Biden-related, some of it is it's never-ending, some of it is we know how corrupt Ukraine is, and uh, it's it's just polarizing at this point. All right, let's go to Attorney Tom and Rosemont on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Tom, welcome in. Thanks, Tom. Let me just say that I do support more Ukraine funding, and I am so committed to it. I would even watch a soccer game in order to ensure <laughs> a soccer fundraiser, and you go for it. Yeah, so Absolutely. you you are you are unlimited. If they need it, supposedly the Russians are advancing unlimited. Uh, pretty much, Tom. Let me just say that I want look. I support oversight, but the biggest oversight in my mind is the number of dead Russians and living Ukrainians. That's proving that it's working. Well, working to what point, though? Working to what point that it's, uh, I I think the best guess is stalemate, slight edge to the Ukrainians, maybe. But nothing, uh, Tom, that is going to be, uh, I mean, what what is it we gain out of this? Putin's overthrown, uh, Putin being, I mean, let's say it went on for five years. Well, what's the okay. game there? Uh, the game is that it's five more years that Putin is not causing mischief anywhere else, and he's pushed back and is not recreating the greater uh, Russian Empire, which is his goal. And, uh, okay, that's a lot if that happens, and we spend what on it? I'm a lawyer, Dom. You know, I build too much money into this. How about we'll revisit it? How about that? All right. I uh, I just think it's going to be fascinating to see what Johnson does here, given that this is a divided Republican Party on this. I think there's maybe up to 100 Republicans who have your point of view. Brian Fitzpatrick seems like he would spend triple whatever your point of view is. But, yeah, they're there on that side. And there are others don't want to spend anything more. Understood. So, so Tom, the, the side question in terms of a death. Yes. This really moved me, and it saved lives, fictionally. Goose in Maverick. If you remember, Goose dies. Iceman's in the fight of his life. Maverick says, talk to me, Goose. Because of that, he gets back in the fight, 
shoots down three planes and saves over 5,000 sailors on an aircraft carrier. The death of Goose made for two great movies, and that is why he is an outstanding character. All right. We're, that's an interesting one, Tom. Uh, Don, uh, Dan, this is uh, it's a he's very a great good answer, one. man. Goose's death. Yeah, I think he's a big Phillies uh, fan this year, at least through a pitch from the pitch. Oh, that reminds me. Who is throwing out the first pitch, I think, by himself in Sunday night's game? Former owner, I don't know if he still has any connection, or founder owner of the Texas Rangers. And I wanted to bring this up, how times change. George W. Bush. Uh, Now, most people, I'm in agreement, Bush's biggest moment was the speech on top of the rubble, the bullhorn speech. But... I saw the footage again today of Bush coming into Yankee Stadium, throwing the pitch, was it a couple of days or was it a week after 9-11 or toward the tail end of the week? And he apparently had on a bulletproof vest, etc. And he looked so composed, so in control, and he threw a high strike. That's what you want to do. That way you won't have the ball bounce up to the plate. But he threw it touching the rubber. That's pretty hard to do. These guys don't even want to touch the rubber anymore. They get on the side of the rubber. You know? That's the way it seems to work. Uh, Bush is throwing out the first pitch. Uh, George W. Bush, though, is so tarnished now. Some of it because of Jeb Bush. Some of it because of unending wars. Some of it because, uh, you know, people realize where the Bushes are in illegal immigration And Trump has been the uh, lightning rod that brought all that together. So Bush throwing out the first pitch, though, on Sunday. Yeah, Jeb Bush. 125 million. That's Jeb's message. Ahead of of his brother's first pitch, he he asked you to. uh, Yeah. I think he got one delegate for 125 million. That's what they spent. Uh, By the way, I I think I should have done this earlier, but I'll I'll mention it now. Then we'll take some more calls. John Podoritz. Writing in the New York Post today, headline, rather than protecting Jews, we're being told to hide again. Now, it's not just the Jewish students over at Cooper Union that we talked about yesterday in the library. And they said, hey, why don't you go up to the attic? You'll be safer there with these maniacs trying to break down the doors and windows. On um, Saturday, a pro-Palestinian protest is scheduled for 3 p.m. Saturday in front of the Brooklyn Museum. That's just a mile from 770 Eastern Parkway, the headquarters of the largest ultra-Orthodox sect in the world. They're the largest there in Brooklyn. Roughly 20,000 observant Jews live around 770 in the neighborhood called Crown Heights, made famous by Al Sharpton and his nonsense there. Uh, The um, police said that Jews should definitely avoid the area. Security source had advised them. The local Jewish Self-Defense Association, there's no intel in which direction these people will go. So they're coming to the home turf there, the pro-Palestinian crowd. And I've seen stories where they're told, make sure you lock your door or stay inside. And if you're Jewish, even if you're not, your sensibilities toward this, how much of this nonsense are we going to put up with this crowd? How much are we going to put up with these people this out of control? How many of them are here legally? How many of them are here on visas? Because you know, and I know, 
that the pro-Hamas groups that we've seen, they're not just anti-Israel, not just anti-Semitic, not just wishing Jews killed all over the world. Why are they going there to that spot? They know exactly what they're doing. They're taking it to them. They're going down Broadway. They're anti-American also. They hate traditional America, be it Tlaib, Omar, the whole gang. That's what they're about. They're ungrateful, particularly in the case of Omar, who I believe was a refugee that we took into this country. She happens to resent a pocket in Minnesota of Somalis who were brought here and settled there. And that's apparently why they vote for her. But it's remarkable telling Jews to stay inside during this period of time, right there on the home turf, the biggest of the ultra-Orthodox sects in the world. You'll see that play out over this weekend. Again, how much of this stuff are they supposed to put up with? That, that Cooper Union story from yesterday, seeing those kids hunker down there in a library. And the uh, NYPD says they had the situation well under hand. They had plain clothes there and all. Yeah. How much are people going to put up with this? How much more of this? Look, the, the thing that we, t- we talk about almost as much, the Middle East, constantly, the tit for tat over the years, almost as much as the gun control debate. But this was way beyond that. What these animals did a Saturday or two ago was not about just some group of people in the throes of war that lost their minds. It was a tactic. They were going to do this. They were going to be rewarded with 10 grand and apartments and stuff of that nature. They knew exactly what they would do. Uh, Here is the NYPD blue, though. Differing with me on this, I think this, Dan, is about Cooper Union, right? Yes, it is. It's yeah. a retelling of the story in which he uh, first says there was no uh, no trouble, and then he essentially reveals that there was indeed trouble. Yeah. Around 3.30, 20 of the 70, approximately 20 of the 70 protests from the Palestinian side uh, went into the school. Now, they're supposed to scan in. They are students. Let's be clear. All the all the people here were all students, part of, the, part of this institution. As the 20 kids went into the school, they're supposed to swipe in. But they kind of just rushed past this wipe an administrative error that the school is going to deal with today from school. Yeah, officials. sure. Always dealing from with there, it. From there, the 20 students want to go up to the uh, president's office, which they did. They got inside the office, the waiting area, if you will, and, and they were chanting. School officials at that time, with the police on the scene and private security, felt safe. And they wanted to allow the students to keep talking. That happened. It was going on for about a half hour. When the 20 protesters came down the stairs of Cooper Union, another school official heard, the, heard them coming down, and that person made a decision to let's close the library doors, we'll put one over private security, and let, this, let the protesters pass. For about roughly 10 minutes, approximately 10 minutes, they were banging on the doors of the library and banging on some uh, transparent windows that you can see into the library. Yeah, and there's no trouble there. No trouble there. What are they banging on the doors? What are they banging on the windows about them? What's that about? I had no trouble here. Yeah, you got a gun. You got people out there doing that, right? Tell that to the students inside. And the librarians tell them to go up into the attic. I guess the librarians and students were wrong. Cover up, cover up, cover up, cover up with these groups. And that's why they're so emboldened to act. Do we see Jewish groups engaging in this? No, we don't. 
Why are they going right there, right to the heart, the belly of the beast, the biggest uh, ultra-Orthodox in the world? You know why they're going there. It's saying, and where, which way are they going to march? They're only a mile away from that center. So what if people that are ultra-Orthodox decide to, these Jewish uh, self-defense groups, defend that territory? Uh, there were no trouble here. People were just banging on it. Yeah, there were a few beards that were mussed up and all. You know, but no trouble here. And that's the NYPD that I have the ultimate admiration for as a police force. Formerly, and they're going downhill a little well, bit. Can I just rephrase this? I, I, yeah. I don't mean, maybe it'll get me in trouble. I don't know. But imagine those were black students in the yeah. library. And, right. And uh, one of them made the decision that these white students that were marching through were so unsafe that they had to close the library doors. And then those white students start banging on the doors and the windows. Right. And that's not considered scary or violent. That's nuts. That would be a, a nationwide thing. White White, uh, you know, supremacists, Teremis, uh, right. they terrorize black students right. in school libraries. Yeah, what do they want in the library? Yeah, they, they taking out books? No, they're banging on the doors. They want to get at them. These people always salivate. They want to get at people. They just can't wait. Like, like, they're let, trying, me, let me lock you in a room, bang on the door, right. and let's see if you don't feel threatened. They're trying to get at Fetterman now at the federal building. Fetterman, the god of this whole thing. Because, maybe strangely, guess he didn't talk to the wife. Fetterman has been supportive of Israel. I got to say it. He has been. By the way, speaking of doors, and then I'll take more calls, uh, Jamal Bowman now, uh, the, the headline at um, the uh, National Review, this is the congressman who pulled the fire alarm, is a pathetic man-child unworthy of respect. Maybe it's a backpack a congressman has on all the time. But in addition to that, the footage shows Bowman at the height of trying to run out the clock he did not open the door and go, whoops, that's a fire alarm. The footage shows him taking down all the signs saying, don't do <laughs> yes, that. Yes. Then he opens the door. Did he not think he's on camera in one of the biggest camera places in the world? And guess what? He's revered in Democrat circles. He slowed down the Republicans in this as a tactic. Everybody had to go outside the building. He did what needed to be done. All while wearing a backpack at the same time. Just a butterfly effect. If Bowman doesn't pull the fire alarm and McCarthy's actually able to get some right. movement, do we see all the tumultuous nature of the speaker? And, and is Matt Gates happy if yeah. Bowman's not pulling the fire alarm to delay things? So I would say it this way. We ought to have a, we should send a, a nice email to Bowman's office. Congratulations. We got Mike Johnson. Yeah. Are you happy thanks, now? Thanks, Bowman. Yeah, thanks. I wonder if he'd come on the show <laughs> I want to know where he buys his backpack. It's all thanks to you, Mr. Bowman. Oh, Representative Bowman. So uh, I'm still formal. working on that New York. Well, the perpetrator. Of, oh, my God. The mush mouth. You know, sometimes I got to point out my cleverness. Uh, yeah. I got the doors light my fire going on right now. Is there much better music than, uh, you know, the doors when we're talking about some doors and lighting some fires? Oh, that's why you were going with the doors. Yeah, yeah they were. Uh, I don't know how many big songs they had. They were a bit distracted. What with uh, <laughs> doing various Sexual well, activities. Some big ones. I mean, L.A. Woman, this on, guy light my fire. Oh, on yeah, the yeah. L.A. Roadhouse Woman. Blues, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim Morrison, though. I think heart attack before he was 30. Uh, well. Was he one of the 27 clubs? Uh, he might have been. Metabolic age, he was probably 100 at that yeah, point. 27 though. years old, yeah. 27. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. 
Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, it is uh, Dom time. we got the side question. Some character fictional TV movies that really upset you when they died in the series, or at least you remember it. Michael's got a good one, and I remember it. Uh, let's go to Michael in the Northeast. Hey, Michael, afternoon. Who's hey, your character? Hey, Dom, good afternoon. This still pains me today. When you talk about betrayal, the pain of it all, best friends, Big T Sal. Yo, when they yes. had to do that on the boat, I was in tears. Oh, well, you know my story, right? You're a listener over the years. I was doing the home show. He was the guest. Now, this is maybe 15, 18 years ago. He was getting 15000 which is pretty good then, just to show up. But he was mad, Michael, maybe about being killed off in The Sopranos. I interviewed him and tried to ask him about the other roles he played. He was getting snotty with me. <laughs> And then suddenly, this bunch of guys that were with them senses this is going on. They're standing behind me, and I say, you're pretty tough with a guy with a no neck standing right behind me. The guy was his son. Oh, man, at the home show. Vinny Pastore. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. He, he, didn't like, uh, he didn't like his lot in life then, uh, Michael. And look, I don't know what he did after that, but he made out pretty well. He was getting 15 grand still to do home shows. Certainly, and it wasn't even as big as a shock when the mother turned on him. I mean, that didn't even hurt me as much, but even to this day, I still think about Sal in that moment. Gotcha. Big Whoa, P. man, that is a good one. Dan, of course, if you had been there, you would have stepped up and say, I'm six foot eight. Yeah, no way. Oh, yeah, I Tony Soprano. Guy. Dan, I can remember. Oh, you're talking in real life yes. with Vincent. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, he was like 5'9". Yeah, I am with height. 5'9 and a half, maybe, the sun. Sort of a shaved head. He was balding. He had an open shirt in a way that uh, I, I don't know how much chest hair you could have and like some kind of flowered shirt on. Sawed off, ready to kill me right there at the home show. And he I, was a really likable character, though. 
Yeah, well, not not that. And yeah, just look, not not the same kind of guy. Don't you think by asking him in the interview about other roles he had done and all that, I was trying to broaden. Well, that's the thing is when you usually have people that are you know so well right. known for that one role, it's it's kind of annoying to be asked about it because yes, you answer particularly so, like, he was out then at that. point. Like, like for example, we, we had Henry Winkler on, yes. and, and you know you want to talk about the Fonz, but also the guy has done so much in his career that he, he wants to let other people know how he had felt during those times in his career. He, he's redundant at that point. Right. Of being asked about the Fonz. Exactly. And I think Big P was probably, the, I would think that Big P would be the same way because that, that was his big role. That was his main role. But no, he was, he was in a lot, a lot of stuff. I and mean, you know what? I went home and told Ro, I said, isn't this a great job, though? That's the way that I look at it. Yeah. A guy like this is bringing a mob at out for the Because nothing happened because there was a lot of security. People were like, it's the home show. One guy screaming, it's the home show with all these vendors. What's <laughs> going on here? And it was over at the, uh, I guess at the convention center. It may have been. A, it was downtown Philadelphia. All right. So you had two full-blooded Italians going at it at the home show. Were any tables flipped? No, no tables. Were wow. Flipped. And you know what? I didn't even know it in the beginning, because I'm thinking. I just said to him, Dan, on the air. Well, what's something wrong? And I forget what he may have cursed. I didn't have a butt. And then all hell broke loose. Then I didn't care what happened. You know, this guy. You you're getting 15 grand. Give me a break. You know, yeah, you were pretty good in The Sopranos. I'll admit, the last guy What's was broken. getting 15 grand for an appearance. Well, that's what I was told. Well, Dan, it's wow. Sopranos. He was only killed off maybe within the year. Okay, yeah. So it was You know, you still yeah. got a major character killed off coming. Why they wanted him at the home show, though? My God. I think he was worse than Big P was. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't even trying to do it. Well, it wasn't like he said, I love Larry Krasner or anything. You know what I mean? It was just a random thing. He was doing a podcast for Sirius. Or no, a show for Sirius for a while, co-hosted by a co-star Stephen Van Zandt. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm sure well, there's a lot of positive yeah. stuff said about Trump yeah. in that show. Now, that guy I could pick several bones with, Van Zandt. Yeah. Noted Trump hater up and down, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, little Stephen. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's go to... Let's go to Drew in Upper Darby. Hey, Drew, good afternoon. Hey, Dom, thanks a lot, man. Great show as usual. Thank you. You know, it's like what's going on in our country is is so disturbing, you know, like uh, between Hollywood, higher education, and the mainstream media. I I just wish the Jewish – this is a wake-up call for the Jewish population of our country – to stop voting for the Democrats. Well, you would you would think yeah. that. What does it take to see how either enabling or directly hateful the Democrat Party is? And Drew, imagine this is going to be thousands of people supporting Hamas gone right there in Brooklyn. I think they're going a mile away because that's where the police told them. And then they're probably going to walk right to the center of the ultra orthodox. I will say this, though, my sense of that population in Crown Heights I remember it when Al Sharpton uh, started up there. Uh, these are not people that roll over. These are people that fight back. So uh, I think Absolutely. they would. Yeah. But Who's you know your... what, though? Like, it's it's so sad that, like, what's it going to take? You know? And, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's just so hurtful. Yeah. Well, and, what and do Republicans have to do to have people uh, open right. to I agree. Uh, who's your character? Yes. Thanks, Tom. Um this this gentleman was in the in he, his last movie was being filmed when when he passed away, and um, he was a great actor over the years, very affordable. That's John Candy 
making the movie uh, Canadian Bacon. Good stuff. Look, uh, John Candy is a very underrated actor. I can go watch Cool Runnings right now. Uh, the thing he did with Steve Martin, great stuff. Yeah, yeah I, I love John Candy. Yeah, hey, very good. Uncle uh, Eddie. Let's squeeze Richard in here before the lightning round in Westchester. Hey, Richard, afternoon. All right, quick. The, what, it, what it's going to take is, and I asked my wife this yesterday, when and where will the American crystal knock be? Because that's what it's going to take to wake the Jews up. Because I, and I'm a Jew. I'm a Jew. I'm a Republican Jew and ran as a Republican in Bala Kinwood and lost. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, but I asked my wife, and it was sort of rhetorical. I said, when and where will the first, will, will, the, will yes. American crystal not be? And, 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 and they keep pushing the envelope closer and closer and closer. It is it is diabolical what's going on, and it, and it goes with Krasner. I would ask Krasner where he stands. I bet he stands with Hamas, and he's a Jew. I think he would be more on. You know, he would give us the official answer. We'll look at what Israel's yeah. done. We can't. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he would go that way. That, that's my sense. Yeah. Who's your character? Anyway, my, my character is the Jimmy Brown character in the end of the Dirty Dozen when he's crouched next to those things and he's <laughs> got to drop the grenades and he almost makes it to the truck and you're hoping, you're hoping, you're hoping and he's getting there and that guy wakes up with the machine gun and he doesn't make it. And then John Cassavetes gets killed. It's, it's just terrible. Uh, good stuff. Uh, one more quick one, then the lightning round. Let's go to Gary in Newtown. Gary, how are you today? I'm well, Dom. I'm 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 back from. Have you, have you ever been to the Ronald Reagan Museum and Library? Broadcast from there. One of my highest honors. Yes. Yep. I I, I, I they, the exhibit they had there this past week was it's now uh, the Holocaust Museum, and it, the timing couldn't have been more perfect to go through that museum. I cried probably. I'm getting. I'm filling up now. I, I probably cried three times. Before well, I got to the Ronald Reagan Museum, and then I cried again. It's well, I, I would say this. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. In, in my view, they're both moving. Uh, when we went to Israel with listeners, the Holocaust Museum there, but the superior one to me, the one that was more moving, is the one in Washington. Uh, and that takes some doing, but that's that's what I felt. It was it was very, very difficult because we did that part first. It was very difficult to eat lunch, quite honestly. You had a you had to sit and be alone for my wife and oh, I yeah. for about a 20, 20, 25 minutes before I could think about it. I was starving when I went there, but I could not really eat. That's, that's what these <laughs> anyway. places do. Who's your character? Uh, my character, and I love him uh, as, a, as an actor, is Robert Downey Jr. I love what he did with his life. He turned it around, and out of, I think it's 17 or 18 Marvel episodes, he dies for the universe at the end as Tony Stark. Uh, saving saving the universe and saving the planet. All right, take him one for the team, one of my favorites, the guys that uh, do that, coming up. Hey, can it's, I just uh, yeah, highlight yeah. something from that New York Post article? that I, yes. I, I, I'm going to practice, and it's something I'm going to learn from the Hasidic Jews. It, it says every Saturday during Sabbath, they, they turn off their screens. We know that. Right. Uh, you know, they, they, right. Everything is off. And what they do instead is they take a long walk. And I think all of us could do, you know... The, Dan, put it off the screens. Yeah, put off the screens, oh, you know, and just going for a long walk through the city or wherever you live. Get some, uh, 
Get some fresh air this weekend. All right, and that's in Port Richmond for now. Uh, we didn't even get to the home. Unless you're today. in Brooklyn, then don't go for that long yeah. walk, as they suggest in the New York Post. We'll, we'll get to the home settlement issues on uh, Monday. All right, so coming up, the lightning round, and then we decide the winner for the week. Be patient. We'll take your call on Talk Radio 1210. The time has come for the final test. Uh, we usually call it the lightning round. All right, that's what it is. Hit us with that all-time death of the fictional character, movie, or TV that moved you or you think was significant. Uh, Bill in Morrisville. Yeah, this one did move me, too. I love that character. Bill, who's yours? Hey, Dom, I watched the show with my wife and Benjamin because uh, you had talked about it, so we didn't get spoiled when they killed off Ruth, Julia Gardner. What a great little actress. Yes, I didn't believe it, though. I didn't think she would be, I thought she'd be too smart, you know, too canny to get caught up in that. But when exactly. they actually she killed would be her. doing the killing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I also what, a, what a character. It made me laugh because you said if you ever if you ever interviewed Laura Linney, you would have to hold yourself back from jumping across the desk <laughs> to strangle her, even though you know it was just the character she oh, was God. playing. Oh, God, she is so bad, so malevolent. My God. But we enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, it is a tremendous show. Thank you, Bill. That's a good one. Uh, Bruce in the Northeast. Bruce, who's yours? Hey, Dom. Hey, Dan, by the way, congratulations on being a homeowner. Hey, thank you, Bruce. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's a very exciting day. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, this was a real tearjerker. It was when Mickey died in Rocky Three. It was, uh, oh, yeah. Rocky was crying, and as Mickey would say, what are we waiting for? Let's <laughs> knock his block off. Very good. <laughs> Uh, the Earl of Tacconi, this is a good one. It was moving. Uh, has a good one, I think. Uh, Earl, who's yours? Um, I'm going to go with Hector Salamanca. Yes. Uh, in a Breaking Bad, where he's ringing the little bell, and the bomb goes off under his chair, and it blows up his room, and Gus Fring comes out, straightens his tie, turns around, drops dead, and the chunk of what's left of Hector Salamanca that's stuck to the ceiling drops down to the floor. Oh, God. Well described. That is an unbelievable scene. All right, Dan, time awaits because we have to decide for this week who are some of the contenders here. I do like the Hector answer yeah. we're here in the yeah. background right now. Um, I, a couple ones that stand out, Don Brian Piccolo, even though he's a real person, that, that death was, right. was so hard. Uh, Goose from Tom and Rosemont I thought was good. Edith Bunker from Eileen, a fantastic answer. Completely, uh, you know, changed that whole thing. Bambi's mom from Mike and Ben Salem. Iron Man, Ruth from Ozark. Really good side question with some great answers. Where are you leaning, Dom? I like the Edith call, too. The woman who made it, et cetera, really delved into it, and it was moving. And Archie, the bit that you played, really made it for me. Eileen so, and Lansdale. Eileen and Lansdale today goes into the hat. It's our favorite time of the week. We get to give away $50 Captain Chucky's gift card. Yeah, let me get my music queued up. I, I don't have that for some reason. Uh, where'd it go? There it is. Here we go. So Monday, Dom, we asked, what can be argued as the best scary slash uh, thriller slash horror film of all time? Elizabeth in New Jersey called in with the birds. Tuesday, what's an all-time great alliterative name? That was in honor of uh, Trey yes. Turner. Uh, Don and Franconio called in with Evil Knievel. Wednesday, who's somebody that forces you to turn off whatever you're watching? Bowen Levittown called in with Greta Thunberg. <laughs> 
Thursday, who's a great John or Johnson? I'm so upset that I missed the Johnson oh, day. Oh, God, yes. Uh, Tom in Prospect Park, Ray J. Johnson. Don't call me. Yeah. yeah. Friday, what television or film character had a very memorable death that deeply affected you? Eileen and Lanzill, you just heard it called in with Edith Bunker earlier in the show. So, Dom, let's get that drum roll going. I pulled a number three, which is Wednesday's winner. Wednesday, we asked who's somebody that forces you to turn off whatever you're watching. Bo in Levittown called in with Greta Thunberg. Congratulations, Bo. I think Greta, though, is uh, kind of upset that that People was a winner. People are dying. Uh, come on, Bo. You can't be going to Captain Chucky's. Greta probably would have something to say about that. She would be in school. is the same everywhere. Oh, God. <laughs> she's worse now that she's not a, you know. Irreversible sh- chain reactions. God, my God, that this is still looked up to. What's which one's harder to take? Al Gore, yeah, Al Gore probably is, or Greta Thunberg, or AOC. All right, uh, that's it for this week. I'm thank, one of the lucky ones. Thank you for uh, listening throughout all of this, and uh, I think there's a sentiment that Dan made his case here about the comments of the new speaker. All right, we'll see. This Ukraine thing is going to be tricky business, how he gets through it. But this is not the status quo with Speaker Johnson. This is a real change for the good. It's worked out that way so far, and I think we have a lot of hopes uh, pushed on to this one. All right, on Monday, already working on that. Uh, we hope to get uh, our Wales guy, Jersey Shore, on because it's going to be a big banquet November 9th that I'm going to be emceeing in uh, Ocean City. These are the real shock troops fighting the good fight. We are going to beat them on that, by the way. It's just a question of a long, long campaign. So, Dan, are you celebrating the settlement on your house? Yeah, Dom, we uh, officially settled on a house over in Deptford. Uh, last night we went and got a... Uh a nice bedroom set uh, that we're going to get shipped over to the house next week. And slowly, uh, I'll be moving away from my place, my palatial mansion in Port Richmond. Uh, into, Port Richmond will never be the same. I know, into, into Deptford. But that, that, I, I want to stress, it doesn't mean I'm going to care any less. I spend all my time here in Philadelphia. And uh, there's there's so much about this city that needs to be fixed, Dom. So uh, Krasnerland will stay strong and everything. <laughs> but uh, Dan has officially uh, moved over to Deptford, New Jersey. All right. Watch uh, for Deptford to be turning blue since Dan the Red is going there. <laughs> all right. I don't know how blue it is at this point. The mall's there and all that. All right. Have a great weekend, everyone. Follow on Twitter at DomShow1210 at DomShow1210. Dom Giordano. Weekdays noon till 3. From Talk Radio 1210. WPHD. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 